Hi, this is Patrick from the Hollywood Godfather podcast. As the podcast grows, Gianni and I have decided to fill the slot that Megan vacated last year. To get the best possible person, we have created an application process for those interested in this internship position. Requirements, female, at least 21 years old, be able to think quickly as we are unscripted, and be well-read in the events of the day. While our show is organized crime-oriented, expertise in this area is not necessary, but the ability to ask questions on a wide variety of subjects is, as our guests also include people from all areas of the entertainment industry, actors, writers, etc. You'll also be required to read the questions on air from our listeners. We broadcast once a week for about an hour. All shows are pre-recorded at various times to accommodate our schedules, as well as our guests' schedules. A decent speaking voice is important. To that end, all applicants are required to submit a video to Patrick at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. The video will have you reading the first page from our novel, The Sixth Family in Your Natural Voice. The application process will be open from May 1st to July 1st this year. If Gianni and I can't decide among several applicants, we'll have those applicants join us on a show separately to see how they acclimate. Ours is a laid-back show, no pressure. We're a family who wishes to expand. Thank you, and good luck. My name is Gianni Russo, a.k.a. Carlo, the infamous son-in-law from The Godfather. I'm now known as the Hollywood Godfather, and this is my story. Walking with a limp like, will I ever run? Once again, or is this it? Am I forever done? Living in the hospital was never fun. Some people were cool, but not everyone. You never know who you're okay. Welcome, everybody. We're back with the Hollywood Godfather podcast. I'm tongue-tied because I want to get into the show right away. <laughs> Our guest is back from last week. Kenny Wong, please. Thank you for coming back and sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so, Kenny, where we left off, uh, you were heavily into uh, uh, heroin. You got in- introduced to the business by a guy named Big Steve. Tell us about him. Tell us about the m- money that you're making and what that led you to. Uh, yeah. Um, our crew, our crew uh, uh, was, uh, the leader was uh, Big Steve. We were the outside crew from, uh, from Chinatown. Um, so he had connections um, to, uh, you know, Pick up heroin and and resell it or distribute it, or, or whichever way you do. You, well, we need to be doing it. So he was the one that took me under his wing in the beginning, uh, from Brooklyn. Um, he was an older member that uh, that he used to follow uh, Applehead, uh, one of the the five uh, generals uh, from uh, Nicky Louie. So. He started me started to teach me how to um, operate as as a gangster. You know, um, he was the first one to, to start the um, grooming you, <laughs> grooming you, and grooming me into uh, becoming a uh, a person of useful. I would say uh, for him. Right. So you're pulling in twenty to thirty thousand a week. I I wouldn't say that uh, during that time. I, it was just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, he was probably ba- uh, pulling in a lot of money. Me, I just got a, a salary back from him. Uh, he'll probably uh, throw me six, seven hundred a week, you know. 
Oscar. Oh. So, um, but uh, we were doing uh, uh, the work for him. We were delivering for him. Um, whenever uh, things need to be taken care of, like picking up money or, or whatever, uh, uh, carrying a gun, I will be carrying a gun, you know, to uh, protect them. Um, uh, he would tell me beforehand that we're going out, uh, we're going to go meet up somebody. You're going to sit at a, sp- a specific spot and you're going to stand guard. If somebody starts anything funny, pull the gun and start shooting. Uh, um, so Steve gets gets uh, locked up on a, on a heroin thing, right? So there was a night that I was supposed to go uh, deliver. Um, he saw me in the clubhouse in the Queens. Uh, I was with a girl, uh, laying, laying in bed with a girl and he's and he said, you know what? I'll take one. Uh, I'll take this one. Right? Uh, you stay here. Uh, and I kept on asking him, I could go. I could go. But he said he insisted uh, that he'll take care of it this time and I'll take the next one. I said, all right, fine. And I never heard back from him uh, for, for four, three, four days. And then uh, the, the rest of the guys like uh, stop panicking. Uh, something must have happened to him. We try to find out what happened, but, you know, we're just kids. Um, until we got contacted by uh, Robin, uh, the the one and only gang leader, uh, uh, Go Shadow leader during that time, the the, the highest. Um, so he told us uh, what happened individually, and he also uh, um, asked us individually if we wanted to stay. Since Steve is not around, you guys are Go Shadow. It's my duty to take care of you guys. So. The, the rest of the guys, the other guys uh, declined. I was the only one that stayed. And I saw it as a big opportunity. Now, I'm one of the, I'm going to be with the main crew. You know, I'll be closer to uh, the Only Young Association. I can find out more things uh, while I'm here, you know. And I automatically just, you know, um, accepted his offer. And, and from that day on, I was um, uh, right next to him, you know. Every day, um, when he sleeps, I'm outside in the in the living room. Uh, while he's sleeping in the bedroom, um, whatever he eats, whatever he drinks, cigarettes, coke, um, everything, uh, I'll be handling everything for him. Um, and he'll be operating in from his uh, apartment. He hardly even goes out uh, unless it's really late, and he'll just, he his hands are itchy. He wants to go go up to the gambling house to play a few hands. And that's when he comes out. But most of the operations are run by either uh, to word of mouth from me to the to the captain and his brother. Uh, that's uh, that was uh, holding down the street during that time. So uh, tell us about the Big Circle Gang. Um, I don't really know much about them, uh, but I know they operate uh, uh, from. Uh, they do the transport uh, transport for the for the drugs. Okay. Where are they based? Big Circle Gang are originally based from China. Okay. Eventually, they moved on to uh, Hong Kong, and then uh, they start started uh, um, working for this guy named uh, what's his freaking name? Uh, shit, I did time with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you want to forget. The guys that 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 got freaking prosecuted by Kathy Palmer or whatever. Uh, uh, he was one of one of the big uh, drug drug lords. Uh, that he has con- uh, direct contact with Kunsad, the Golden Triangle guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in jail with him. I was at Otisville with him, uh, this guy. Yeah, he's an asshole. Um, um, anyway, um, so the Big Circle Gang was doing a delivery for them. That's all I know. 
Okay, so you're also starting to get yourself in a little bit of trouble here. You had uh, one uh, close call that I'm aware of when some uh, Dominicans try to rip you off for, for two grams of heroin. I mean, was it even worth it for them? Uh, uh, no, that was that wasn't me. That was uh, two of our uh, two two of our uh, crew, two guys from our crew that that did a deal with the Dominicans, uh, which was our contact. Um, um, from before, but we stopped during that time. I don't know why we stopped, but but during that time, I think we uh, we we didn't deliver no more to them. We didn't sell no more to, and they kind of like you know slide it in and 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 try to take over, but the but the it was two bricks of heroin trying to sell to uh, um to the Dominicans in Jackson Heights, which the deal went sour because those two bricks that they were delivering to to the Dominicans were actually videotapes. Um, they were they weren't drugs, so they were delivering uh, uh, video cassettes to uh, the Dominicans as drugs, while the other guy that they were working with was picking up the the money from Dominicans from another spot. Okay, I think that guy uh, fucked them, uh, fucked them both, and uh, and eventually uh, they found out the Dominicans found out that these two guys were from our street, and they contacted us and. Uh, told us that we don't want no trouble. We just want the money and we'll let you guys go. Uh, Kenny, tell us how you wound up in New Orleans. Uh, in New Orleans, we ha- were operating a gambling house down there. Uh, um, we were partners with uh, an Allianz member. Uh, his name is Lobster. Uh, he was originally from New York, but he went down there. He opened up a restaurant and then uh, his life was... Uh, was boring, too content to the restaurant, so he started the, uh, doing gambling. And he also went into partner with, with uh, one of this uh, older member, retired Wa Ching from, uh, from uh, San Francisco, um, one of the older Wa Ching members. And they contacted Robin and said, hey, there's money to be made down here. Uh, we, could, uh, we have protection. We have uh, uh, customers. We could operate a um, a pie go, uh, the pie go, uh, a table here, and it will be pretty good, you know. Um, yeah, it was part of the Marcellos, who was, was protected by the Marcello family. Yeah, we, yeah, there was a towns there that, yeah, yeah I know. that was uh, at the same joint that we had. Um, uh, while we were operating our table, they were operating uh, their uh, blackjack table. That's how I know about this. <laughs> when I read it, I was laughing. <laughs> also, a lot of their customers uh, uh, were blackjack or, or the people that we know were the prostitutes, the Korean prostitutes that worked around that neighborhood. So we already knew that. And, and you know, the Korean uh, ladies, they, they love blackjack. Um, mm. And they have no, no way to spend their money. So it's, uh, it's good that we, we bring them customers also. We, well, right. You're also dealing with, uh, with the uh, sheriff of Jefferson Parish. He was, he was also Chinese, right? He, yes, he was... Yeah. Uh, very Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, this guy was so powerful. You couldn't believe this guy. Pat, I'm sure you know this guy. Amazing. I, I believe he was also a member of the Anyang Association, the, the New Orleans faction. Right. And he was, he, and, and he was the sheriff of, of uh, Jefferson Parish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he was the t- head of the gang also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what he says goes in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I met him several times. It was because well, I, I was had a different business down there, with, but was associated with 
Marcellus. And nothing happens in New Orleans without him. And that's why he, they, they partnered up and they, there was nobody stronger. <laughs> oh, nobody. When you have the law enforcement behind your back, you know, uh, yeah. uh, every move, you know, and, uh, you're, you're good to go. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, long about this time, too, you start to get in trouble. Uh, you, you went to rob a, a, a massage parlor that was uh, owned by the Flying Dragons and got caught. Yeah, that was uh, West 4. Um, the village. Yeah, the vill- West Village. Um, that was a stupid uh, thing that I did. Um, actually, I was high on uh, on weed. And, <laughs> you know, when, when young kids high on weed, they do stupid things, you know. But you, you wound up doing some time, no? 18 months. 18 months in the state. And, and how was that experience? I got bigger when I came back home. I was a, a scrawny kid when I went in. I came back, you know, pretty uh, pretty decent, you know? We well, the only if my notes let me, uh, my notes tell me you were in like six different prisons. Uh, it was uh, Elmira, Downstate, Oneida, Marcy. Um, so it wasn't that bad. Uh, first couple of months was bad because they uh, they had me on uh, high security. My security level was high, uh, violent crime, and uh, I had also other. Uh, um, pending uh, court cases that they concurred together uh, later on. Um, but they left me in uh, the, uh, the penitentiary. Uh, they called uh, maximum security uh, a mile no. six months before they shipped me out to uh, uh, Marcy uh, uh, medium security, medium high security. So after you get out, you, you wind up selling cloned cell phones? Um, when the drug trade was, was diminishing, it was kind of like, you know, slowing down. I, I, I didn't have the contacts no more. I figured that I have to do something else. So started learning uh, from the tech guy that uh, operates, uh, that owns uh, uh, a people store. And phones were, you know, cell phones uh, was a big thing uh, uh, during that time. It just started, you know, the big Motorola uh, uh, 8000, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it was big as a brick. Yeah, I remember them. So I was reading a lot of tech news from Silicon Valley, you know, and they had articles uh, or advertisements that said uh, um, a scanner interceptor of uh, IEN numbers, uh, ESN numbers, and, and phone numbers. I was like, oh, shit, let me, let me get that and try it out. So I ordered for it, and it came like uh, a couple weeks later, and I tried it out. I'm driving around with my friends. I said, damn. It does work. I got the ENS, ENS number, the IN number, and also the, the, the phone number. I said, shit, it, it even tells me the model of the of the phone that it was it was being used on. Wow. So I was able to get all that information, duplicate, uh, duplicate it in the, in the, uh, with another uh, software that we ordered from Silicon Valley. And then we just, you know, attached to the, uh, a new phone uh, that's blank and uh, copy it, duplicate it, and we sell that service out for $5,000 a month because a lot of Chinese, uh, um, um, would, you know, long distance calls were very expensive back then. Yeah. And he would use it nonstop calling back to China or whatever. Yeah. So it was pretty lucrative during that time. How did you get involved uh, robbing crack houses? What was uh, going through your head? That was <laughs> when I was younger. That we had nothing better to do. We needed money. <laughs> I was like, you know, what, what, what better than to go up to the Bronx for them, Road? Um, grab a freaking crackhead and uh, 
asking where the place, uh, where, where, where the spot's at. We just robbed them. There weren't that many people there. It was like, you know, two guys at one spot. Uh, they didn't have the, the security that they have back uh, later on in the years. So it was pretty uh, hit and run, you know? You know, as, as things uh, broadened, you got involved uh, with the Gambinos. You wound up in, in, in conflict with them, particularly with uh, Peter and Tommy Gambino. Tell us what went down there. I didn't really get in contact with uh, with the Gambinos, to, to be honest. I, um, but there was a conflict with them. There was a conflict with Chinatown uh, because uh, the, the garment district was being shaken up uh, right. by Giuliani during that time. And then um, the Gambinos controlled the garment industry. Yeah, Consolidated and Three Monkeys. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Consolidated uh, Trucking and Three Monkeys. That's I them. Those were uh, <laughs> controlled by the Gambinos. Yep. Um, so the monopoly was being uh, dismantled by Giuliani and, and his uh, uh, goombas, you know, trying to freaking break up everything, you know. Oh, they were doing everything then, too. Yeah, they were breaking up everything. So they were breaking up the fish market. They were breaking up all types of uh, monopoly by, by, the, uh, by the mob. And it was an opportunity for a lot of uh, uh, low-level uh, Chinese-affiliated gang members that, oh, that's a... Uh, this is the opportunity to uh, right. hit into, uh, uh, the garment uh, delivery and uh, receiving a uh, 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 section. So um, some of my friends were doing it. We got into some scuffle, but it wasn't directly with the Italians. It was uh, the truck drivers that that worked for them. Yeah, truck drivers union. It was uh, the, some black guys and some Puerto Rican guys, and they thought Chinese people were easy to pick on. I pulled out a gun, and they freaking ran like a. Uh, uh, um, like like rats freaking once you open the light, you know, turn on the light. But but there was a a, a famous confrontation that's of, of of legend with you and a grenade. Uh, yeah, tell us about that. Um, I mean, let's put it this way: before I tell the story, no disrespect. I I was young and stupid, but I think it was necessary to do it during that time because um, I don't like to lose. Uh, it causes my life. For not losing, I would do it. Um, that's the mentality I had. I, I'm not going to freaking let you bully me or freaking, I'm not going to lose this competition. So what happened was that um, it was a Sunday afternoon. Um, there was a Italian guy. I don't know if it's Italian. It was a white guy. I, I didn't pay no attention. Um, there was a parking spot right on uh, Bar- uh, uh, Bayard Street, across from uh, Milewa, the, the, the coffee shop. And I was standing there having my coffee. Um, and the Chinese family, the Chinese guy was trying to park his car uh, parallel back up talking. But the Italian guy from behind kept on honking and being very aggressive and shoved uh, his car right into that spot. So they got out and they got into an uh, argument. And uh, the Italian guy, uh, the white guy, I would say, smacked the shit out of uh, the Chinese uh, guy uh, and tried to take his space, uh, parking space, and, and you know, bash him and in Chinatown, in front of his uh, wife and kids. So I thought it was my duty to stand up for the Chinese guy being picked on by a white guy. I didn't even know he was a mob member or a maid member or, or, or affiliate or whatever. I didn't care. So I just walked up to him and I uh, uh, I think I grabbed a, a, a stick or something, right? right. Uh, we always have uh, something lying around uh, as a weapon. 
Um, and I knocked him over the head. I uh, hit him a couple of times and, and uh, he was holding his head. He said, oh, what the, uh, you, you want some, you want some heat? I said, yeah, yeah I already gave you heat. Got a fucking couple of lungs too. Uh, you better get back the fuck up before I, I break your face. You know? So he got out of his car and then right before he drove off, um, he said something, I'll be looking for you. All right. You don't know who the fuck you're messing with. And a few days later, um, Don Leon got a call uh, to uh, look for me. Um, so eventually he got word to my uh, boss, Robin. Robin asked, asked me in, uh, uh, who had problems with a uh, white guy a few days ago on, on Bayard. And I told him it was me. Uh, and, and I explained to him what happened. He said, oh, well, go take care of it. Uh, go smooth things out with the uh, towns. All right? I'll tell you where to go. Um, so they, he told me there was a uh, Broom Street on Mott, right around the corner where the pizza shop is at. Right, there's a, a social club over there. So two of my friends, uh, two of my uh, other gang members uh, said, yeah, we'll accompany you uh, to go. I said, uh, let's go in there, stop. Uh, I don't want to get, you know, uh, taken advantage of it. It's their social club. So I think we should be prepared. So I put on my vest. Uh, the other guys put on a vest. Everybody grabbed their gun, a couple of extra clips. And then right before I left, uh, walk out the door, one of, uh, one of the guys, his name is uh, uh, Wei, he, he grabbed, uh, he gave me something, and it was a pineapple grenade. He said, use it if you need to. I said, is it real? He said, of course it's fucking real. I said, okay, all right. I didn't pay no mind. He said, just pull the pin. I said, I said, I see enough movies to know how to uh, work this. But I was actually, yeah, I don't know how to fucking work that shit. Um, so we went down there and um, I told the guy, I said, hey, listen, uh, one of the guys that was at the door, uh, you guys are asking to see me, right? We had a problem um, on, in Chinatown a few days ago. So we sat down with one of the guys, one of the older guys. So he asked me what happened. I explained to him. Um, and then uh, for some reason, I pulled a grenade out. I said, you know, I'm, I'm here prepared. Uh, I don't care if I fucking live or die. You know? uh, I'm, I'm ready to fucking take out whoever the fuck you know, to go with me. And the old man said, calm down, young man. It's not that serious. So he pulled that guy out fucking uh, uh, that, that I smacked up uh, and said, asked him to apologize because he was, he was wrong. He said, ah, he did something wrong. We don't want no, uh, this type of uh, uh, problems, you know. Um, but you, the, the old man kept on saying, you need to calm down. You know, it's not that serious. Um, we don't need to go into uh, yeah. They didn't want to die. That's why. Oh, <laughs> uh, everything was it was nice. The guy, the guy was actually a low level associate associate. Um, that he wasn't a May guy. Or I, I believe if he was a May guy, it would have been a different story. Um, yeah, no, that's. What I, I was, was kind of nervous too, to be honest with you. Uh, but you know, I got to the point that there was no return, so might as well just go. You know, heads on. So um, yeah. after that, everything was you know cool. Uh, shook hands. Everything was peace. I was very reluctant to shake hands because I didn't know if he's going to grab my fucking hand and right. <laughs> they you know start grabbing me and and you know I was but I just like lightly grabbed that, shook it and and, and pulled my hand away. And got the hell out of there. Do we yeah, need a commercial? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't want no problems with them. You know everything. No, was of course not. No. All right. Uh, We're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. 
Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco Extra Virgin Olive Oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com That's Corleone. We're back, okay. Okay, so you, you survived that, but you didn't survive uh, getting arrested by a number of federal agents. Yeah, I was kind of... I could hear it, right? Um, the indictment came for us already. Um, during that time, I wasn't on indictment yet. Because uh, the only person that knows anything about me or that I'm involved, besides of uh, being uh, a member of the Ghost Shadow, um, was Robin, my boss. Nobody else knew, knew what I did for him. Um, besides uh, the few parts of uh, delivering the drugs with uh, with a couple of... Uh, uh, a hierarchy uh, of members uh, that he was dealing with. Nobody else on the street um, knew what I was doing for. I did some, you know, stuff for him. And the only one that could uh, uh, have me involved was him. So I thought I was safe. I went back down to uh, Chinatown. During that time, I was out of Chinatown for a while, for, for close to half a year. I was dating a Japanese girl. I was working in a restaurant. I was, my life was turned around. I was, you know, thinking about leaving that scene for, for forever. And then the indictment came. I heard about it and I wasn't on the list. So I was kind of safe. Until that day, I went back down to Chinatown and got surrounded by a lot of federal agents. Um, I had a cap on. So they pulled a picture of me um, and, and said that, oh, uh, uh, Let's let's see if uh, this guy is it, right? So I so I took off my hat, my cap and I said, "No, sir, that's not me. You got the wrong guy." So that agent was about to let me go, but the supervisor fucking came and grabbed me by the neck, and 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 I grabbed the picture and fucking put it right next to my face. That's him. We almost got a lot, let him get away, and they locked me up there, uh, and I was implicated in a uh, whole whole different indictment uh, that was. Uh, what they charge you with? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Because um, Robin, my boss, made a deal uh, with the lawyer and turned himself in right before I got locked up. So that's oh. why he added me to the indictment uh, with uh, money laundering, uh, conspiracy uh, of uh, murder, uh, racketeering, uh, illegal operations of uh, gambling houses, whorehouses, houses. Uh, 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 intimidation, extortion. Well, I, I didn't have extortion um, for, for some reason. I didn't have extortion. I, I wasn't part of the extortion game. Um, but they also had me with uh, New Orleans uh, gambling, um, operating a gambling, a uh, uh, legal gambling joint down there, money laundering. So, so they were you, watching you. <laughs> so you got 84 months. That was a yeah. good deal. I, I mean, that's. Well, I I mean, was, it wasn't 84 months in the beginning. Why? 
my lawyer did some work, you know, and, and they actually double charged me with the state charges that I already did time for. Okay. They boosted my damn category up, but they, they also implicated on, on indictments, which they had to knock out and knock my uh, category back down. But you wound up with 84 months. Yeah, and then end up with 84 months. 84 months, yeah. Okay, now there's a, uh, an amusing story. When you were sentenced, your, your mother's fainted dead away because she thought they said 84 years. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That must have shook her up. But uh, where did you serve your time? Um, first, I was, uh, they shipped me out from Otisville. Otisville was half holding uh, holding a pretrial. Uh, I was shipped out over there to Lewisburg. Lewisburg, uh, I stayed there because, again, my uh, my category was freaking high again. Shit, they freaking left me there for a while. Um, that's where I met uh, the Tongan uh, leader, uh, Clifford Wong. I saw him. He was doing life there. Yeah. And uh, I think I stayed there for a couple months. And eventually, they shipped me out to uh, uh, Beckley, West Virginia. <coughs> And from Beckley, West Virginia, I requested to be with my my uncle. I knew he was in Allenwood meeting. Peter Chen. Yeah, Peter Chen. Yeah. So I requested and they gave it to me. Oh, well, that's great. Shocking. They like to separate you. Yeah, normally they wouldn't want you next to each other. Yeah. It's a two separate, uh, two separate different era. Uh, right. in 84 indictment. I was in uh, the 92 indictment. How old, how old was Peter by then? Uh, he was probably in his late, late, he's 10 years older than me. Oh, that's all. Okay. No, yeah, he's I only 10 years older than me. Oh, I thought he was a lot older. He was pretty young during that time. He's probably like around uh, um, the early 40s, tops. Well, that's why I'm saying that's even, like Pat not, and I. Not even, not even. He's probably. That's why Pat and I are confused. They don't normally put two people together. Oh, yeah, they would never do it with the Italians. Do it, you know, Jesus. Oh, guess who I met inside? Who? Herbie Sterling. Who? Herbie Sterling. What What was he doing there? The first French connection, natural life. Wow. Yeah. Very cool guy. He's an older guy, short little guy with a cigar all the time, and he was loud as fuck. Everybody, when he talked, everybody listened. Well, yeah, he was, he was well protected in there, believe me. He had a crew in there with him. And Did he wind up dying in there or is he still alive? I think they let him out and then he died out here, I believe. I, I'm not sure. Um, but he was one of the natural life uh, during that time that, that will never be able to come out. Well, so you, I mean, you, oh, you sort of had one foot out the door from the gangs when they, when they swooped down on you and you wind up getting uh, 84 months. I mean, you must have changed drastically because when you got out, your whole life turned around. Um, my family made me uh, promise, uh, swore that I would never uh, do anything to embarrass uh, uh, the family again. Um, I will not get locked up. I will not uh, do any crime or anything uh, that's illegal that will get myself in uh, trouble. So I made a promise. And I kept my promise. You did the, the full 84 months? Yes. Uh, I had some good time talking away from me because I stabbed somebody, somebody inside. 
Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, yeah. uh, did a, did a, they put you in a hole for that, didn't they? Long time, six months. Wow, that's a long that that's an experience. I mean, it, it, is, yeah, it was really shitty inside, you know. Um, literally, I got a hole. I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. That's wild. Six months in a hole. I mean, that's solitary. That's it. You're all by yourself for six months. It was in the beginning, it was a dry cell, no, no water, no flushing. Yeah. Uh, they put me there for a week. Well, yeah, uh, you can come and hose it down. People don't know how it's almost animalistic. Yeah. How, how long were you? How long were you there under those circumstances? For five days, and then the, the investigating uh, lieutenant said, "You know, put him, put him in a regular cell," and that's where I stayed for the remaining uh, months. Jeez. So I mean, you you had no problems getting out of this out of, out of the ghost shadows. I mean, there's usually there's uh, what with the Italians anyway. Blood in, blood out. You don't leave. As long as you don't turn on your own people, I don't. There's no repercussion. Who's gonna Who's gonna enforce it? That's what I'm asking. Nobody's gonna. Yeah. You know, we don't answer the triads. We don't answer to anybody. You know, we're our own crew. We're our own organization. We don't answer to nobody. So as soon as you got out, what did you do? Started uh, working uh, for a family member in construction. Um. It was rough, but it was the right way to do. You know, it was the right path. Is that what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, now I don't. I don't work with my heads no more. I uh, manage, supervise, uh, manage, um, put everybody together. You know. What do you miss most? Well, uh, I'm asking you this. You think about, it, but I'm asking you this question because I asked the same thing to uh, Michael. Michael Moy, I said, what do you miss most? I'm wondering if you're going to have the same answer he did. I don't miss nothing. I mean, how uh, about how, how about your crew, your friends you made? I only miss one friend. Uh, and that's his name is Tony Chan. That's the guy that I miss the most. What became of him? Um, he's a tattoo artist in uh, Hong Kong. Right now. Did you ever see him? Do you ever go back? I talk to him over the phone, um, uh, sometimes uh, FaceTime, you know, uh, once in a while. But uh, he's all, he's grown up, he's old, uh, I'm old. Uh, he has his family, I have his, my family, so. Um, no, no, hey, uh, Kenny, you're not old. We're old. You're just <laughs> a kid. <laughs> I'm 80 years old. It, it's, it's not for me. Uh, this is what I, uh, all I do is work and go home and live a simple life. That's it. Um, but now, but, you're, but, but my understanding, you're an advocate against gangs now, and you and you, te- you know, letting young Chinese people understand, stay well, away from it. This is what Michael uh, approached me with uh, a couple years ago. Um, at first, I was very reluctant because I don't want people to know about it. it's. It's a shame. Our past is a shame, especially the crime of uh, the life of crime. Uh, but he. He gave me a, a couple of uh, reasons why I should do it. It's our history. And also, it's uh, something that we could uh, you know, uh, pass through to the next generation of uh, Asians. Um, you could be strong, but you don't have to do crime. You know, uh, that's not the life to live. It's, it, it's not. It's, it's very traumatized, to be, to be honest. Well, so, yeah, and, and coming from you who lived it, I mean, they're going to listen to you, obviously. 
for all the wrong reasons, but the reasons you were wrong is what you're trying to let them avoid. Yes, exactly. Um, mentally, it really it's really disturbing. But um, maybe because of uh, my uh, Chinese background and, and the way I was brought up uh, with the tradition, the Chinese uh, uh, teachings and tradition, I'm, I'm, over, I'm able to overcome my demons and become a better person and not dwell on the past and, and continue with the violence. You have a book in your future. Uh, excuse me? You have a book in your future. Yes, uh, with Miles. Hopefully, uh, you know, I could tell my side of the story. Um, yeah, because you have a lot more to tell. I mean, uh, it's it's been a very colorful uh, existence. You survived it. Your uh, your your head's in the right place. You have a loving family. You survived. I mean, when I when I, I was down there, I had a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name was Kenny Chin. He he started out like you, good kid, into sports good student and uh like practically overnight he, he, he vanished to the streets and he got himself in some serious troubles with some serious time ruined his life and I, I i don't know what became of him but we were we were teenagers when he went away uh i i heard he got like 30 40 years i don't know what the hell he did I don't, but it, uh you, you're you're a survivor and uh you, you ought to be admired for not getting sucked back in well, not only that, I, I, what attracts me to the whole story is the ending of the story, how you turned yourself around, and now you want to be a mentor to these younger generations to turn them around and, and let them know crime is not what the life's about. You could achieve a lot of things legitimately. I mean, just the way you figured out, the one thing I did pick out of the whole conversation is how you researched the Silicon Valley which is a legitimate business. You could turn that into a legitimate multi-million dollar business. But these kids use their brains in the wrong way and they, they're led by idiots. And that's, I, I mean, I admire you for that. And that's one of the a great platforms if you ever want to come back and talk to us about, because uh, Pat and I are very inspired by turning young people around ourselves and you know, like Pat, you know, he never did anything wrong in his life that I know about. But was uh, in the court. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, it's well, a situation. My, my message, I really, it's not contained to only Asians. I mean, sure. I, live I love my, I love where I live. You know, I love this country. Right. Um, no. With all the violence that's going on with uh, different ethnic background, oh, um, yeah. maybe some, if I could reach one or two of them, I, I think I'm successful. Yeah. Okay, well, like Gianni says, uh, we'd like to have you back. And we, we talked about this off the air, but the next time I'm in New York, Johnny uh, and I, and you and uh, Michael, you're going to show us the best Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. There we go. Uh, my, my father uh, had an Italian restaurant. It was called the Red Rose on the corner of Bade and Elizabeth, down the corner from the 5th Precinct. It is now a Chinese restaurant. It's been for many, many years. That's uh, frequented by uh, ethnic Chinese. You don't see tourists in there. So I, every now and then I would go in there when I went back. But it's been a long time. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Yes, same here. Likewise. Yeah. No, thank you. But anytime you want to use our platform for your, your new vision and your goals in life, we're here to share that with you also. Okay, thank thanks. You. Thanks, Kenny. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank thanks you. for having me on. All right, please. Right. Thank you. Uh, Gianni uh, and I, you know, audience don't go anywhere. We'll be coming back with some 
emails. Oh, perfect. The mailbag. We're going to commercial break. We're coming back with the mailbag. We haven't touched the mailbag for a couple of weeks, so we should have some interesting ones. This is Patrick Piccarelli, co-host of the Hollywood Godfather podcast. I'm also the president of Condo Security and Investigations, a full-time investigative and security firm established in 1988. We are located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with worldwide affiliates. Our business paradigm is simple, to provide the most professional services possible while maintaining an ethical standard and client satisfaction. Our areas of expertise include criminal and civil investigations, asset searches, surveillance, executive protection, question documents, background investigations, computer forensics, polygraph, and many other services. Our staff consists of former law enforcement professionals with hundreds of years of combined experience. Your initial consultation is free. Visit our website, www.condorprivateeye.com or call 724-396-2808. Thank you. Uh, We're back. Okay, we got some mail. Okay, this one is for Gianni. Uh, in one of your earlier podcasts, you told when you went to Italy for an extended stay. While you were there, you became uh, an exceptional chef. Please tell us the three best dishes uh, you yourself would make for a group of very dear friends. Love the podcast. This is from uh, Chris. What do well, you like to cook? Well, I, I became a saucier because I was gone like for two two years. So uh, me, I, I, I make a different sauce almost every Sunday, and I could do that for about two years straight. So but I, uh, unfortunately, I leave now. Anybody coming to my house, and you can see behind me, my dining room sits 16 people. But uh, I, I love you it. had to pick your favorite meals, two or oh, three of them. Oh, my favorite meals. I mean, I love traditional sausage and peppers. <laughs> Uh, with the oil and garlic just straight out and uh fortunately i could use this as a commercial i just get very involved with corleone pasta and i'll be while the the show airs i'll be at the fancy food show at javits center june 25th 26th 27th doing my culinary arts with our new corleone pasta out of corleone sicily so um come down and i'll make you some dishes all right. Uh, we have a question about the offer, but we're not going to talk about that anymore because we talked no. about that to death. All yes. right. So we have one here. Uh, okay. This is from James. Uh, hello. Uh, I'd like to say that I'm from the South uh, in Redneck country. I love your show and I'm a truck driver and I listen to the show all day long while I'm driving. Keep up the good work. Uh, hope to hear from you all and 300 episodes. I'm on episode 11. Oh, you got a long way to go, James. Yeah, you got a lot <laughs> of driving to do. A lot of driving. Get me across the country back and forth with the radio on. And then I'm going to suggest something too, James. Listen to our audio books. Hollywood Godfather's an audio book. And in two weeks, Audible's putting out The Sixth Family. So now you have more listening to do. <laughs> okay, we got... Uh, Another one, this was somebody is uh, uh, relating to the uh, missing episodes, but we we solved that problem. We made a platform change, and in the platform change, 
uh, it takes it takes at least 24 hours to change platforms because we have so many shows. So people were were wondering what happened to 200 the first 200 episodes. They're all back. Uh, okay, another one of those happened to the yeah. There's, there's a couple of them. Okay, this is for uh, Gianni from Leonard. Dear Mr. Russo, I'm a huge fan in all you do. I have some questions for you. First, did you know the uh, uh, original owners of the uh, the Godfather House? Definitely. They were okay. friends of my grandfather's, no less. That's how we got the house. Yeah. Uh, my dad, he talks about uh, his father also knew them. to but that's, that's about it for that. Uh, some of these other topics. Uh, he'd love to see you in person. I'm in Atlantic City all the time, but I, 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 can, I can never get a ticket because you're always sold out. This is the price of fame. I mean, that's you, great. You, Thank get, you. Get, you have to jump on these tickets early. Uh, because he's popular. Okay, let's keep going here. Okay, sorry for the for the for the dead air there. Well, we did that a few weeks ago. All right, questions, Johnny. Johnny, this is from Jimmy. Can you tell us who hits harder on the movie set, Steven Seagal or James Caan? <laughs> There's no doubt who hits harder. I mean, it's Steven Seagal, Jamie Con James Conn. I was going along with the scene, and remember, he was hitting with a, a steel garbage pail in one hand and kicking me with the other when I was crawling under. So, Jimmy Conn. I mean, God rest his soul. He's not what he was supposed to be. He thought he was a tough guy. He's not a tough guy. Steven oh. Seagal, on the other hand, is a trained guy, so obviously he hits harder. <laughs> Okay, last question, Johnny and Patrick. Uh, not sure if uh, if you were Gianni. Uh, that's, he, it didn't end that sentence. Anyway, the Calneva Hotel property at one point was owned by Frank Sinatra and also Oracle founder and billionaire Larry Ellison, and then uh, others has been sold. Are you aware of the sale of Calneva? Oh yeah, I've been asked actually to come up to. They're reopening it. They say in six months. Uh, my understanding that Maya Lansky's grandson is involved, but they, they contacted me and I basically let them know politely. I don't even open my refrigerator. I'm not opening a hotel at 80 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, at least they asked, which was, Oh no, it was nice. Respectful. Uh, I enjoyed the podcast shows and, uh, uh, they, he goes on to say, you might want to reach out to the new owners, the Calneva. Uh, be aware of some Johnny's history inside, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so you're not going to do that? No, definitely okay. not. Uh, where are you going to be appearing as we close our show today? Well, I'm appearing in the next three months. Look in your areas. I know the Regency in Arlington. I know um, Gurney's in Newport. I got 18 engagements, and it's all based on our original book, The Hollywood Godfather Podcast. I turned into an 80-minute show, and fortunately, it's selling out everywhere. So when you hear about it, buy a ticket. I know there's tickets right now available in Arlington, at the Regency in Arlington, Massachusetts. And that's for the, my memory serves me right, July 20th and Saturday, July 22nd. Okay, we're going to be uh, putting out our second newsletter on June 1st. We were going to do these uh, one a month. 
the time got away from us. So was the, uh, we didn't do the main newsletter. It will be out June 1st and we will list uh, all of Gianni's uh, appearances and of course other stuff. But that's the show, my friend. Well, thank you. Great, great show last week. Great show this week. Okay. And, um, and can we re- remind our uh, listeners, the sixth family is still out there for sale, doing well, but we'd like it to do better. Right. And then the audio will be out in two or three weeks from this show. Yeah. Yeah. We, we finished. Audible. Johnny did a, an excellent job uh, narrating the audio book of the sixth family. And as he says, a couple of weeks, it was a long job. We discussed that when we had the editor on the show a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, just wanted to add that. Okay, my friend, have a good weekend. What's left of it? All right, please. I'll see you when I see you. Definitely. Bye-bye. God bless everybody. Have a good night, everybody. And that was that. And I'll be back. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo or Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. My kids still can't believe I sat with a saint. My life's like scenes out of a movie. I'm the Hollywood godfather, truly. I got stories with them all. You know, celebrities, world leaders, icons. Who knows what's next for me? I'll never get too old to have a little fun. Come on, I'm Gianni Russo. A genuine one of a kind. What a ride it's been, this life of mine. And I ain't done yet. I'll be back until next time. And that was that.